welcome to Living Life Purple Podcast, your safe space for interactive healing techniques that you can apply today. My intention is that you use this podcast as an opportunity for self-love and self-healing to help you move into a more powerful vibration as you listen so that you can have a joy-filled life and a wonderful day. Enjoy. All right. Hey, everybody. It is uh, Jordan here with Lisa Lopez. Hi, Lisa. Hi. So I want to jump right into this because it's been a minute since we talked and we did a we did a bunch of uh, conversations um, a few months ago. And then you decided to take a road trip. You like (laughs) bought a bus or uh something and a thing and you're like i'm just gonna hit the road and be a gypsy so (laughs) i think the question i have and maybe somebody else and others might have is uh what's up what are you looking for where are you going what happened what happened to lisa lopez (laughs) (laughs) i know so i think it's been i've been traveling for over six months and i am now Wait, tomorrow? No, Sunday morning, I'm going to be traveling across the country to get back home to California. And when I when we were doing our last recording, I was actually in Las Vegas, Nevada for a few. I was I went to Vegas for a few months and was there. And then once I decided I needed to keep I needed to keep traveling, um, it was a very quick, you know, relatively quick decision. Um, I don't take a lot of time to think about things once I feel it in my heart and I'm clear on why and what I, I feel like I have to do. And so it was like within a few weeks, I was gone. And so I didn't have, I now have an RV but I didn't have an RV when I left. I left right. Las Vegas. Yeah, I left. Well, Las I've seen Vegas. some of your I've seen some of your social media feeds, and that's the only way I'm like, now she's there, now she's here, now she's got an RV. Now, you know, I mean, and you're like <laughs> on a motorcycle, and you're in a parachute. No, you know, there's no parachute, but it was a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't got, I haven't done that yet. No. I haven't got that yet. Not yet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot, and I actually didn't really share a lot on on social media because I wanted, I wanted my trip to be very personal. I mean, it, it is, it was, it is a personal, um, adventure and it's a, and there's personal reasons why I did this, which we'll go into, but I didn't even share a lot because I was kind of, I went internal a bit, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I didn't feel that motivated to share a lot, but now is the time for me to share. And and now that I've kind of gone through six months of this and I do feel like I've come full circle with things and I'm getting, you know, the clarity as to share what I want to share out with people. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's see, where do I start? So yes, I, uh, decided to leave there was I could think of like three main reasons um maybe there'll be more coming up but when I decided to go um from Las Vegas it was definitely like a heart calling of feeling like I have to go and explore and I'll back it up just a little bit before that uh so as you know but not a not a lot of people know that I have been practicing energy work and holistic healing uh, for many, many years. It's been, you know, I don't know, 17 to 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so, but I've kept it relatively private and only like the immediate circle of friends or when you're close to me, you would know that I do this type of work. And when COVID first happened, um, I don't watch a lot of television. And so I'm not really in the mix of news or world events, um, a bit naively, but on purpose. And so when COVID first happened, I was at my friend's house and, you know, the stories broke and we weren't really understanding the seriousness of what was happening. 
until, and this is going to laugh, and I don't mean to make light of it, but until we heard, because she's getting all these notifications on her phone, and until we heard that Disneyland was shutting down, we were like, oh, shit, this is real, you know? Like, we were kind of in disbelief, like, what? What is going on? What? You know? And then they announced Disneyland's closing. And we both looked at each other, me and my best friend, because I was at her house. And we're like, oh, shoot, something's really going on. So then, you know, I was just being with it. Okay, something's happening. All is well. And then it was about five days later. I personally chose to not react and to not make any um, altered behavior for myself. Right. You didn't go into a doomsday state of mind. No, I didn't really have any reaction. Um, I was more like observing in a very neutral space. I didn't have any real like emotional reactions to it other than uh, just watching what was happening. And so, but I didn't feel scared. And so this, you know, it was like five days later And we're just in the beginning of the whole, like, you know, request to quarantine, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is the time when I was in California still. I was still living in California. Um, And I remember I got woken up at about 4 a.m., which never really happens. Might have been like 4.30. And I got called to go outside and to go be with God and to pray. And the communication that I got in that moment, like five days into this, um, was this was going to be a very, very long situation. This was going to change the landscape of the world. This was going to be country, country, countrywide. This wasn't just here. It was going to be everywhere. Global. Global, yeah. yeah, it was going to be global and it was going to be a major shift. And what I got from from how I listened to God is that this is the time now that everything that I've practiced now has to get shared out in the world. Yeah. And I heard the message very clearly. And then at that point, the, the message was for me to take care of my heart, for me to take care of myself, for me to take care of... Um, my energy and to be as powerful as I could possibly be in life Mm -hmm. and to stay grounded, to stay grounded in the work that I know is true. And so I just got that and was like, okay, I got them. I got it. And I don't necessarily know what to do with that. Um, But it was clear to me that a lot of the information that I have, Uh, been receiving and practice for a long time, I've kept very personal and private. And the communication I got was, you now have to share all of this. You have to share this out in the world. Um, And that's what I, I knew eventually I would get here, but I really, for a long time, wasn't ready or didn't want to be ready. Because Mm -hmm. there is a certain level of risk when you put yourself out on a public platform and you say things that you really believe are true and that you feel like you have to share out in the world to help other people and to empower other people and to share love and light um, and trust, then, you know, it, it, it could be risky. And you risk criticism. You risk criticism. There's, you know, because you're going to find people out there who are going to disagree, not understand, want to make you wrong. And that makes you vulnerable. I mean, that's what I'm throwing that out there. Yeah. And for me, it was more like giving up my personal private life right. because I really like to be private. Being private and being alone is completely the way I like to be. Um, right. And that is not necessarily my purpose. So I know that my purpose is to share. And like my superpower is talking and motivating people and sharing love. So I have to put myself out there to be 
as we spoke earlier, in alignment with my own true purpose. Mm -hmm. So given that when I was in Las Vegas and my dog died, who was like my best, best friend, um, I had him for 13 years and that was really harsh for me. And so I, I was dealing with healing when I was in Las Vegas and I now have my other dog. I had the two of them together always. They always were together. Oh yeah. Um, but one was a little younger. So the one that's younger, I still have. And so after Max died and I had to heal my heart, then once I knew I was strong enough, the next thing was you, you have to go and get ready to travel. You have to go and see what fears you have that we need to get rid of inside of you. And you have to go and get to know the world because I've been in California my whole life. And this whole thing that's happening right now, um, it's, it's funny. It's like you see the world the way you see it, but that's only because you live where you live. Right. And then it's very limiting. And so what I wanted to do and what I felt like I had to do was to get out of my bubble of what I was used to mm -hmm. and go see the world, go see other cultures, go see the way other people are living and get to know more of this country. And it was great, you know, so there was the main part was I want to start traveling more. I want to get out and start public speaking. I want to go lots and lots and lots of places to talk about this work that I absolutely love. And I had to get used to traveling. I had to get used to creating new habits, new patterns. I had to address any fears that came up for me personally as I did this. Because if I want to go out and like now start doing this out in the world, then I have to I have to get used to it, right? right. So I was like, well, now is the time. And when I was in Las Vegas, uh, I just knew this isn't where I belong. This isn't where I'm going to stay. This was a stepping stone to leave my hometown, to leave my... The, I grew up in L.A., Orange County. Very, very familiar with it. And when I left to Las Vegas, it was a stepping stone. And then once I got acclimated there... And I realized, oh, I love, I love exploring. I'm such an explorer type of person. Mm -hmm. And so then after I healed up my heart from being sad because Max died, I was like, it's, it's time. I have to go. And I just decided to, I had a little bit of a plan, <laughs> but not a lot of a plan. <laughs> <laughs> you had a, you had a tank full of gas and a car keys and a, Something. That's it. I mean, you know, I had, I, I'm still running one of my businesses. I, I now have two businesses. So I, I was still working. I have my, my son who runs and helps me with one of my businesses. He and I have been working this whole time. I've actually worked way more being on the road mm -hmm. than I did when I was, you know, working at home or, you know, wherever I just, the amount of time I've worked as I'm on the road is, is pretty amazing. Well, it's amazing and, to me that just what, you, you know, like we've talked about a little bit, the idea of the pandemic and what it did to our society that, I mean, how much it shifted our priorities and, but just what you said, the idea that we can, so many people now can be anywhere and run a business, not everybody, but many people can. And it's, it's great that you've had that, that opportunity and that possibility for you present. Yeah, it's true. I, you know, I'm very grateful for that reason because I knew I could keep working from wherever and I wanted to start writing. And it was, there was the other part of the reason I wanted to go is that I, uh, I wanted to write my book about holistic healing and something felt like I had to disconnect from everything I knew because there's the part of you that's the true 
who you are. And then there's like the personality of who you are. And I really wanted to disengage with the personality and the personality shows up more with your people and your environment and the things that you do, you know? Yeah. It's like all the things we identify with in the three dimensional, like out the external space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough because we're so, it's a really interesting conversation. I mean, we're so addicted to our personality. We're so addicted to the external of our world that we're, it's almost foreign to many people to go inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, and, and I knew I had to disconnect from that. I'm like, okay, there's like the Lisa Lopez who has deep-rooted belief systems and who has a very, very clear and strong purpose in life. And then there's Lisa Lopez that's like, you know, the mom and the friend and the daughter and the sister and the happy, fun girl. And, you know, so there's that person. And then there's what is my true purpose? And Mm -hmm. I really wanted to get really into the true purpose. And so the challenge, the challenge was to then leave everything else behind and to go on this inner, inner self journey. And the, the main thing I wanted to develop within myself is trust. So I've had this thing, like I'm literally looking at it right now. I wrote down, um, I painted the word trust and I put it on my dashboard and I'm, I'm still looking at it. I put that up the day I left and it's been on my dashboard ever since. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the level of trust that I wanted to develop is completely being out of your comfort zone. And why I wanted to develop that is because this is the work that I want to teach. This is the conversation of what is a real high level of trust look like, you know, when you completely are out of your comfort zone, when you don't have a lot planned, um, and how do you continue to bring forth trust in everything you do? And it was so hard. It was, I mean... The first two and a half months were so challenging. Were you were you were you finding yourself tempted to plan or were you like was the struggle of like, do I plan this? Do I kind of keep going impromptu? What was the struggle you mean? Yeah, I mean, I really it was so funny because it's like I think the universe just really is so masterful. Mm -hmm. And once you create your intention, it really gives it to you. So (laughs) I be careful what you ask for. Yeah, seriously, because you will get. (laughs) So I'm over here saying I want to develop trust, you know. All right. And a new level of trust. So how do I get to practice trust? By all the plans that I made not working out um, and they just continue to not work out until wow. I let go and trust. Wow. And so it was kind of comical, yeah. you know, it wasn't funny at the time. Of I, I mean, there were moments and we'll talk more about this, but there's been moments where I was really scared. Sure. And that trust conversation. It's like, what do I do? Oh, I trust. Oh, I trust, yeah, you keep know, it simple, keep it simple. What, so what was the, yeah. um, so, okay. So you're in Vegas, you decide, here we go. No plan, no destination. I'm going to get in my car and I'm driving. No, I had a destination. Okay. 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 So I'll, I'll explain. Okay. So what I had <laughs> okay. to do was, um, I had met my uh, boyfriend a few times to to do a motorcycle trip, and we met up one or two times, and we went from, like, um, this was prior to me leaving, we went from, like, Philadelphia to uh, Michigan, mm-hmm. and when I went to Michigan, the, the two times I got to go, I only stayed for a day or two, and I really liked it, so I was like, you know, I think I'm going to start in Michigan. So he said, great, I'll meet you there, um, you know, a few weeks into, into you getting there. And I said, okay, great. 
So the, when I left, my brother wanted to drive with me to get me to Michigan. And I said, okay, great. Cause I just wanted to get there. And when he was able to drive with me, we can do like 10 to 12 hours a day. Right. And sh- share the driving. Yeah. We yeah. shared the driving. Right. And we got to bond um, really, really well on this trip. It was mm. so awesome. And, of course, my mom was relieved that my brother was going to drive with me. Of course. Because my poor, my poor mom, she's been <laughs> uncomfortable for six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Like yeah, her, her, little girl, her little girl is on the open road alone in an RV. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom has also got the opportunity to develop trust. And so um, I went from Las Vegas to Michigan, and then my brother flew back right away. Um, And then I was in Michigan alone with my dog. And I kept renting hotel rooms that I thought looked nicer online. I think somebody should really regulate this. Oh my God. That's so so, awesome. False advertising. Oh my gosh. I mean, really, it's kind of bad. I'm like, seriously, somebody needs to like check these things. And so I, uh, I remember that would be an interesting, that would be an interesting project in and of itself just to go across the country as like a hotel detective or a hotel cop and say, this photo does not match this location. (laughs) And you have like a little, little travel book, you know? Yeah. Or like, this is three and a half star. I'm like, this is one and a half star. It's scary, you know? And so a lot of the places that I thought were going to be okay, were really not okay. And so that was challenging. Um, I ended up having to like cancel reservations, get refunds, book other hotel rooms And then, uh, right, like I was there for just like a week or two and then my boyfriend came and then we did a motorcycle trip again. Um, but when I was in Michigan, I didn't have a great, I mean, it was pretty, but I didn't have a great experience because I was really triggered with the fact that I left and I I'll keep using the word uncomfortable because I don't know what other word to use, but I was super confronted. Um, my brain was confused. Like, why am I doing this? I don't know. I don't know anyone. And even though most of the time I attract people who are friendly, I wasn't attracting that. And there wasn't a lot of people out in Michigan. And there wasn't a lot of people that were that friendly. I finally got to an air to a bed and breakfast where the owners of the bed and breakfast were super sweet and super friendly. So I was like, okay, great. And so, but this was after like, I mean, some scary hotels and like I, one hotel was so bad. I couldn't even stay in it. I was like, no, I can't like, this is dangerous. Yeah. And so, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't pleasant. Um, and I was there. So I was like, well, I'm here and let's just keep going. And so when I toured around Michigan, I was trying to have fun, but I don't think I was having that much fun because (laughs) (laughs) I think I was more dealing with the fact that everything was new. I left everything I knew and I'm in this totally new environment, pretty far away from home. And I'm by myself and I was just really dealing with like, how does this feel? And it was challenging. It was hard. And there were times where I was sad. And so, but I still did. I didn't reach out to a lot of people. I was just kind of like internally processing how I felt. I wanted to feel how I felt and to deal with the emotions that were coming up when I completely took myself out of, out of my life. And so that was, you know, I spent about a month in Michigan and then I ended up going to Pennsylvania, um, which I fell in love with Pennsylvania. 
And so on one of my, on one of our motorcycle trips that I went with, and I had to get a dog sitter for Sammy two times to do motorcycle trips. So, so you, were you were doing the motorcycle, was the motorcycle trips during the month in Michigan or after? Yeah. It, it was, was during. We did, I, yeah, I did one motorcycle trip in Michigan and one in Pennsylvania. So are you like hopping on the back of a bike with your boyfriend or you have your own bike? What's going on? Yeah, so I go on the back of my boyfriend's bike, um, and I am now going to be getting. Not to suggest my... that you couldn't be on the front of the bike. I want to make clear about that. I want to be really clear before I get in yeah. trouble. I ride with him, but I yeah. am now ready to get my license so I can get my own bike because I absolutely love riding. Um, it is definitely like my happy place. It is very freeing for me. Um, I actually meditate a lot on the bike. Wow. And I pray a lot and I get super connected. Like I could feel all of the elements that I absolutely love. It's like it's like hiking on steroids. Yeah. Like so fun and it's so awesome. And again, bringing a level of trust, you know. Sure. Um because you really kind of have to surrender to trust. And I practice trusting while I'm on the bike. Yeah. And it's, it's a really beautiful thing. It's challenging when we do long rides. Like we'll do three to four days in a row of getting from one place to another. Wow. And being on a bike for hours a day, it feels like a sport. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah. It's not easy, but I, but I love it. I don't know. It's just this like very wonderful, uplifting feeling. And it's kind of like working out when you work out after you're done, you feel so good. You're like, Oh, that was awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, all the, all the chemicals that are surging through your body are on, on, on at 11. I mean, so you're, you're traveling solo with your boyfriend on a bike or you're traveling with a group. Cause I was just like the whole culture of bike you know um motorcycles is just a, literally its own world were you traveling with a group or were you traveling alone with your boyfriend no we would just do a lone trip so okay. he lives he lives in new york i live i'm from california right and so we would meet up at different i would fly over he would ride his bike out of the city and then we'd plan fun riding excursion wow. cool and I have all my gear. I have my own helmet. I have um, a biker's jacket with armor in it. I have armor pants. They're jeans with mm -hmm. some armor in it. Um, I have my gloves. I have my shirt. Like, I have all my riding gear. Awesome. And, um, to, you know, for protection. Of course. And also, you know, for the elements. I mean, we've literally ridden in hot weather now, which I don't like. Um, we've ridden in really cold weather and we've ridden even in the rain. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's which was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that scares me to just th to even think about it. I, I, I love the idea of motorcycles, but I think that because I've always been in a, lived in a big city, the idea of driving a motorcycle in Los Angeles or in San Francisco or, you know, I'm like, no, not at all. But, on the open road, I can only imagine that would be a little bit different. But you're dealing with people in cars who don't really yeah. pay attention to people on motorcycles. And it just seems, for me, I'm like, I love the idea of it, but then you have to do it. <laughs> so, uh, but it's awesome. It yeah. sounds like you're having a great time doing it. But I know we, we're going on this like path of the motorcycle, but um, which is great but you're so you we're in michigan you're doing the biking and then you fall in love with uh pennsylvania well yeah because i didn't all i knew is that i was going to start off in michigan and i kind of had a wish list but my wish list changed um i thought i was going to go to all these other states and then i went to a bunch of different ones so <laughs> it's all good you know but my my uh original plan was to go to michigan do one bike tour with my boyfriend and then from there, I was going to see where I wanted to go. I didn't have a, a plan. I was going like month to month. Mm -hmm. And from Michigan, 
I went, well, when we went to a bike tour, we went from Philadelphia to Michigan. And then that is when we passed through Pennsylvania. And I had passed through Pennsylvania like two or three times by this point. And every time I went through Pennsylvania, I would be like, oh, I love this land. I love this land. And he'd say, we just got into Pennsylvania. I was like, oh, great. Mm. And so I said, okay, I love Pennsylvania. Something about it like really feels joyous to me. I Mm. love the rolling hills. I love the trees. I love the way it looked. And I didn't have that much of a reaction to, to Michigan. Michigan was a very like low, lower energy level for me. There wasn't anything exciting about it. I didn't get a lot of, you know, happy mojo from it. So once I finished with Michigan, I was like, okay, I'm moving on. There was some very pretty lakes in Michigan, which were nice, but I just didn't get like a, a desire to want to stay longer. So after I finished the month in Michigan, I was like, I'm ready to move on. I decided to go to Pennsylvania. And by this time, um, as a treat, my boyfriend wanted to go off the highway and take me through Amish country. And cause he knows that I love horses. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm going to take you through Amish country. I was like, okay, great. So we went through Amish country and we went through this. We didn't know where we were going. We just, you know, kind of went off the, off the path of it. And we went through this town that was so freaking cute and it was empty because it was Sunday and on Sundays, almost everything shuts down in certain parts of the country, which is very different than like California for services, essentially for like services, religious services. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like in certain parts of the country, things really shut down on Sunday. Yeah. And in particular, Definitely an Amish country, like everything shut down. So we drove through this little town that was so cute called Intercourse. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a very like all. How how racy of them, those Amish. I know it was so funny. I'm like, (laughs) what what was the town we just went through was so adorable. And he's. Said it was it was intercourse, and we both started laughing. We're like the <laughs> heart of Amish town. That's so awesome. Uh, those saucy Amish. Yeah, and I just thought it was gorgeous, and it was so delightful and happy and beautiful. And I remember passing by this hotel, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what is this hotel?" And I looked it up later, and I was like, "I have to come back here." He goes, "Okay, babe, I think that should be your next spot." And I was like, "I think so too." So I said. I'm going to go back to Amish country. So then after I said bye to him, I drove my car from Michigan to Pennsylvania with me and Sammy, my dog. And I ended up staying in Amish country for a few weeks, which I absolutely loved. I got so much joy from that land. And people there were so friendly, so friendly. And I got to see things like there's the horse buggies everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have like full on banking institutions and grocery stores where they have buggy parking for everyone. (laughs) And it was just so cool. It was just a very delightful place to be. And then I ended up getting invited um, to go visit a friend in New York. And so from Pennsylvania, I ended up going to New York. And then that also provided me another, like, more opportunities to see my boyfriend. But um, I ended up staying in New York City, um, in in the city for a little bit, in Long Island City, which is in Queens. And then I also stayed outside of the city at my friend's house. Um, She was, like, 30 minutes outside of the city in an area called Hastings on Hudson. And so then I kind of bounced back and forth from those places Mm -hmm. and I was in New York. So I went from like Amish country, which was super quiet. I mean, at night, everything dark to going into the city. I mean, I was just like, my head was spinning. Yeah, I'm sure. 
I drove in New York City. I drove in Manhattan. I mean, I was driving everywhere, and that was also an experience. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Was <clears throat> Have you been to New York many times? I had been there a handful of times, probably like four times before this last time. So was the was your experience of it um, that when you were there, by the time you got there, had things gotten back to some sort of normalcy as far as just the the busyness and the traffic? And was it did it feel like, oh, here we are back to New York or was it still covidy? <laughs> No, I mean, I think it's, I think it was definitely still crowded. I mean, there was massive amounts of cars, like the traffic is exactly this. I mean, I don't know exactly, but there was a lot of cars, a lot of traffic. Right. And I mean, to me, it seemed like a lot of people, I think there was less people in the first trip. I ended up going to New York like two, two or three times. Oh, okay. Okay. the first trip, it was a little less, and then the second and third, I could see how there was more and more people um, out and about. Right. Um, yeah. So I could see how it was a little slower, and then it kind of got busier and busier, gotcha. you know? Yeah. But it was tense in New York. You know, it was definitely, you could feel people's um, fear, and you could feel the tension Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me because people don't look at you um, and you tend like they don't make a lot of eye contact right. and not really social or friendly to strangers. Well, it's, it's, what's interesting to me, New York is one of my favorite cities for just a number of different reasons. But it's I completely agree with you. There's something to be said about how we in California uh, connect with others in California, at least in my experience, it sounds like yours too. But like, if I go to the grocery store, if I go to get a coffee, I'm like, Hey, how you doing? Have a good day. Yeah. You know, smile at people, you know, just a, a gen, just a j- little bit of a connection. Right. In New York, they look at you cross-eyed. If you actually say, Hey, how's it going? They're like, what do you fucking care? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what are you writing a book? You know? And, and it's yeah. like, so it, I've had that experience also where I'm almost kind of shocked. I'm like, I'm sorry, did I offend you in some way? But it's it's something about New York. I don't know. They're just kind of like, I go, I'm going somewhere. I'm getting there. Get out of my way. Yeah, and I love New York. Was, I love it. Yeah, it was it was challenging. I was glad to be there to see it during this time. Yeah. Um, and I totally didn't fit in. I mean, I'm wearing bright colors. And I told my boyfriend, <laughs> hey, why? I was so confused. I'm like, why is everybody wearing grays and dark? blues and browns like why am I I mean I really did look like I'm from California because I'm wearing this was in the summer and so I'm wearing shiny happy people yeah I'm wearing like (laughs) bright colored sundresses and that's the way I dress I look so Uh, out of that's great I was happy because I was like that's cool I'm gonna bring some sunshine you know and I'm some lightness and Um, and it was cute and my boyfriend loved it, you know, and it was, but it was also like, I definitely, you know, you could tell I I was not from there. Yeah. And so it was an interesting energy for me. I didn't love it. I kept trying to like it, but it was really hard. I ended up finding Roosevelt Island, which is a very small island in between Queens and Manhattan. And it was gorgeous. And it was like the one place that I found quiet because I like to meditate and I like to ground. And it was hard to find anywhere quiet. And the first few nights when I stayed in the city, I mean, I was so surprised at how loud it was, even though I was in my hotel room. Oh, yeah. It's insane. It's amazing. I hear sirens going all night, all night. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Horns and sirens. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And so it took me like two to three nights before I finally ignored it enough to where I could sleep, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I was trying to find nature. My whole thing throughout this trip was to find nature. I talk a lot about grounding. And one of the things that I learned is it's it's not as easy for people to ground and get into nature spots as it is for us where we live. Right. I mean, I 
really have been in such this like California bubble that I had no idea how harsh the elements are and how different the landscape of accessible nature is Mm -hmm. because all these other states and other locations, they only get a few months of summer. So they don't put a lot of time or, or energy and probably a lot of money into outdoor uh, shared spaces because you can't use it all year like we do in California. We're so spoiled in California with like having this great weather all year round. Yeah. You know, and And places you can literally walk out the you can literally walk out the door and be on a hike in many parts of Los Angeles. Yeah. And so part of what I wanted to travel and explore was nature in different areas. And it was interesting when I was in New York, I kept trying to get to nature, but it felt not accessible enough to me. And I'd go to like a beach in the Bronx and then I'd go to this Island and then I'd go to the river and then I'd go to another part of the river. And I, it was like, I could see the water and I could, I could, see it but you couldn't get in it it just wasn't like accessible right and so that part was confusing to me i was like but why can't we get in the water and then some people are like, you don't want <laughs> to think you want to get in the water <laughs> yeah they're like dirty and yeah. just you know and i was like oh okay but where could i go where could i go and so i was just trying to get to nature and then you know did you wander I- around did you wander in i mean central park is obviously a enormous swatch of land but did you actually get into central park um, not this time around. I drove past it and I yeah. went to a bunch of other parks because gotcha. I knew like, I had been to Central Park before. Right. I was trying to be a little more creative. I yeah, was no, trying no, off the beaten track. No, I totally get it. I mean, yeah. obviously, Central Park is is kind of like an obvious choice. So you were going off the beaten track. I get it. Yeah. And then I was getting told, try this place, try this place, try this place. And so it was cool. It was like I was on a little scavenger hunt of like, if I lived here, where, where could I find nature, right. you know, and particularly in New York, it's not as easy. No. And so it was, everything was challenging in New York. I mean, if all I wanted to do was buy a protein shake, I mean, it was challenging. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I think that's, I think that's the thing about people who live in California, people who live in Los Angeles. I'm sorry. People who live in California or in New York. There's mm-hmm. this kind of like love, hate, experience and like the New Yorkers kind of like will stand you know go down fighting like you know gritty and kind of tough and edgy and the whole nine yards because they have to be it's like they're they're ground down based on like you said the elements there's no easy access to to uh to nature you're surrounded by concrete and steel and in Los Angeles or in California specifically we're surrounded by mountains and and ocean that we can jump into and sunshine and you know mm-hmm. we, we it's almost like we can't help but be in a somewhat better mood you, I, you know I, and it was like there were days jordan um that when i was in new york i didn't see the sun for days <laughs> right and it was the rainfall that came and it was like rain after rain after rain and i literally got sad because sure. i couldn't see the sun and I was like I just miss the sun I just miss the sun yeah and finally when the sun came out I just like ran outside and put my hands up in the air and just you know did my grounding and stuff but it it did take um it did take a toll on me I was almost a little judgmental with myself and like like feeling like, oh, I didn't do good in, in New York. Like I was, I was kind of frustrated, you know, like yeah. I should have been able to do better, but I, I really did struggle there. Yeah. And, um, I stayed, I wanted to see my, one of my great friends. Uh, it was, it was very purposeful. And I think in retrospect, it was so good for me to get related and get connected to again, like, I mean, there'll, there'll be more stories, but in that area in particular, it was good for me to get connected to how would it be for me to teach the work I'm teaching in various areas and 
into people who, let's say, like in New York, live in in that situation because it's not as easy to do some of the things that I talk about. But what I also was left with is the need is there, you know, of course, because I mean, when when the sun and the weather did get a little bit better and, and I did find some cool spots, there were so many people outside. And then I got inspired because I saw that they wanted the nature. They wanted to be outside. And as soon as the weather was good enough, they were out. You know, the, the parks were filled. Right. And that made me so happy the last place my boyfriend took me to I was like thank you because this was uplifting I love seeing all the people just really craving and enjoying the sun and the Mm -hmm. grass and I saw so many people like with their blankets on the lawn their their shoes off they were touching the grass like I don't know it was just really great I and I felt for like you know I I pray that they continue to put more elements of nature in that city so that it becomes easier and easier and easier for people to get to it. Um, So that was, you know, that's my prayer. That's my wish. And, you know, I, I hope that they continue. They're, they're putting more and more accessible nature spots in the city. And I do hope that continues because I do see, is there well it's interesting that you said what you got in regards to sharing what you want to share with people and from the perspective that is lisa lopez who lives in california right speaking to people all over the country or all, all over the world about do this or consider this or you know meditation grounding you know all the different things that you want to share with people to do but now you have this perspective that you didn't have before which is that you can also now speak into those people's listening right you can like like over there you could literally you've been there you've put yourself in that burrow you go I, I i get what you deal with every day and because of that here's what i recommend as opposed to, you should go. You should ground. I'm like f you and your grounding. I don't. There's nowhere to ground out here. <laughs> you have a, you have a perspective now that you didn't have yeah. before because you chose to take this little, uh, you know, uh, vision quest, if you will, this this journey uh, across the country to kind of really see how people live that aren't in California. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know one of the things as I'm talking to you, what I'm so grateful for is the level of compassion. I mean, I have grown in mm-hmm. so many because of this trip, but from state to state to state that I have seen and been in, what I have grown in is my compassion, you know, my yeah. compassion for people and where they are and how, you know, it's like we're like, you know, it says United States of America, but it really feels like United countries because it feels like every state is its own country. You know, mm-hmm. it there there's it's very different, mm-hmm. you know, and so I love being able to see how different it all is. And in particular, in New York, I mean, the diversity of that city is incredible. Yeah. It's it's just incredible how it's all of these different diverse cultures and ethnicities all mixed in. And until you like really get to be there and see how that feels, I don't know if you could really get it. And it was beautiful. I had a deep love and appreciation for seeing all of it and feeling like I was a part of it for, you know, However, like I stayed there for weeks. I think I ended up staying in New York for maybe a month and a half uh, combined. And because I went two to three three times, I went Pennsylvania and New York, Pennsylvania, New York. And then I did that three times. Mm -hmm. And so I got to see different layers of it each time. Um, But I grew in my compassion, you know, to humans who live in different areas. And this goes to all of the areas that I've, you know, been in, we could talk more about it, but 
it was very different. It was very interesting. Um, the land of Pennsylvania with the Amish people, there was so much delightfulness and God energy mm-hmm. in that arena as well that I just fell in love with and felt so inspired and people were so friendly. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, pardon me. It doesn't surprise me really to hear you have that. Ex- I personally have never been to Pennsylvania. I don't know a great deal about the Amish, but what I do know is that they're definitely more connected to the land than most people. There's a, there's a relationship to um, simplicity there's a relationship well, I mean, to the land, to living off of it, to cultivating what you need to cultivate yourself. And there's a different, I don't know, there's just a different, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not an expert, but I'm not surprised that that energy connected with you. Yeah, it did. And it was like the houses in Amish country. And even, I mean, there's a lot of Americans and people who are not Amish that live in these cities and areas as well. Um, So it is definitely a mix. And the impeccability of the way they keep their properties is like nothing I've ever seen before. I mean, the way they keep their land and their houses Every house looks brand new. Every house looks impeccable. Hmm. Every lawn is clean. Every, like every house is like beautifully perfect. I mean, it's it's amazing. Hmm. I feel I felt like I was like at Disneyland. You hmm. know, there's just like intentionality, and there's such love. I think they're very deeply connected. Their their land is their livelihood. Right. Uh, and you feel that, and you see that, and. There's the, um, what I thought was cool is there's, a an Amish community that are called the Mennonites and they don't wear shoes. Hmm. So they go barefoot, um, most of the time. And I remember, I mean, if not all the time. And so I remember driving down the road, driving down the road one day and it was raining light rain it wasn't a heavy rain but i ended up walking in the rain in pennsylvania like five times it was awesome yeah and so i remember driving and i saw this man and his little boy next to him following him and it was like kind of on their main road it wasn't a side road it was their main highway and it was slightly raining And the man was walking and then the little boy was following his dad and the little boy was carrying um, like a ice chest with rollers. And they were both just walking a long distance in the rain. The little boy was holding his um, ice chest on the roller wheels Hmm. and they were both barefoot on the street. Yeah. And I was like, that is so cool. So then the la- when, when I was on a walk one night with Sammy, it started raining and I had flip-flops on. And then those get slippery when they get wet. Right. So I ended up taking my, my shoes off and walking like a mile in the rain, even on like the, the gravel concrete. And my feet got really sore. But I was like, well, if they could do it, I could do it. Right, right exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, eh, it's just water. Eh, it's just my bare feet. Who cares? You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh, it was, it was a good experience. And I love seeing everything that they create. I got to, when I was in Pennsylvania, I got to shop. I never went to a grocery store. I only shopped at the Amish houses that sold food from their front yard. Oh my God. So what they do is they farm and then they put up a table and signs. Um, and it's, it shows you what each, like if it's, if a house is selling something, they put up a sign of like tomatoes and corn and, um, you know, fruit and watermelon. And so what I would do is I would just drive and follow the signs and I would find local houses that had 
the vegetables and the fruit and some sold chicken and some sold eggs and some sold cheese and some sold bread and any kind of vegetable and fruit you wanted. And I would just drive and find houses that sold these things. And then sometimes they weren't people out there. They would just put a little list of how much things cost and they put a little jar and you would leave the money and take what you wanted. Wow. And that's the way they sold their business. Was and, the was the food like like in the, anything you ever had before? Did it really stand out as oh my god, this is incredible? I mean, I've only had limited experiences where like a you know a family member had a ranch and you know so I actually had eggs right from the chicken. Or I always feel like in the south of France, I've had places before where like the food just tasted different because it was so fresh it was untainted the food there was the best vegetables and fruit I've ever had in my life yeah yeah so I mean and I didn't have a kitchen because I was living in a hotel and so I only had a microwave and a fridge and so I had to like cut up my vegetables and then I would steam them in the microwave which wasn't ideal but even with steaming my vegetables in the microwave they were the best vegetables i've ever right that's that's i was like i'm like what like the strawberries the blueberries any of the fruits was like the best and i had this little this little thing that i would rinse them in the bathroom sink put them on a towel and then put them outside to get some sun to dry them Mm -hmm. and then i would eat them and it was like again the best fruit Wow. Everything was amazing. That's, like, I mean, I, I I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I'm glad to hear that my um, imagining is actually true because that's how I would imagine it would be. It would just like be some mystical, magical food that we just aren't. We're so far removed from that kind of food anymore that you actually have to go mm-hmm. to Pennsylvania. Not, I mean, I'm sure I'm not just Pennsylvania, but you have to actually go and seek it. You have to go seek that kind of freshness anymore, unfortunately. Um. So, so it was Vegas. To Michigan, Michigan to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania and back to New York, and New York to Pennsylvania and back to New York. So um, the the journey will continue, but I thought we yeah. could wrap it for for now at least, and then continue on with what's next. What, what why don't we tease to what what what's next? Or is there something crazy that happened after New York? Um. Well, New York after New York, I flew to South Dakota to go to the Sturgis motorcycle rally. Ah, was- that now that that's a, that's a conversation right there. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a great one. And then I have my most challenging, you know, confronting moment when I came back from Pennsylvania in New Jersey, where I I almost broke. You know, like I almost wanted to come home. Yeah, and. Oh, there's that coming up. Okay. And then before I forget, I wanted one of the other points of why I did this that I want to talk a little bit more about yeah. um, is to not get stuck and to overcome change, the mm-hmm. fear of change. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about that next time because I knew for myself that I that I needed to not get stuck in a routine. And I started feeling like my routine in Las Vegas was getting to be too routine and it didn't feel right for me. And so, but what I learned from that is the power to unstick yourself. And so I want to make sure we talk about that part and then the the flip side of that is letting go of the fear of change because that's part of why you will get stuck is because it's very scary to change. Yeah. And so I want to make sure we chat about that and then we can continue on the highlights and the, the low points <laughs> right. Right, right. of of my trip, and then I'm happy to answer any other things that you think I should share about. Um, cool. But- no, there's that's pl- plenty to jump back into, so that's fantastic. All right. Well, uh, thank you for sharing all that you've shared so mo- so much, and uh, to all you are listening, uh, stay tuned for uh, more of Lisa's travels. 
Yeah. Thanks, Jordan. I miss you. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, please feel free to subscribe to my website at livinglifepurple.com so that you can be notified whenever a new episode or a new educational video is released. You can also leave a comment or rate this podcast so that we can be found by more people who are interested in this type of healing work. I hope by listening to this podcast, you are inspired to go out into the world and share your own positive energy with others because it does matter. I wish you a wonderful day and I hope to see you next time.